Zach, can you turn me down just a little? Please. Thank you. You're awesome. All right. So did midterms go okay? Did everybody pass midterms? There you go. That's awesome. Good job. That is snazzy. Awesome. Who did something fun this week? Sled riding. Sweet. Where at? Ooh, that's cool. Where at? Okay. Okay. That's cool. That's not good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> huh. That's interesting. I didn't. Had. Yes. You did. Tony, what did you do? I saw your hand. You did a fire in the woods. Oh, my gosh. I, I wish I was outdoorsy like that, but I'm not. It's a good thing. <laughs> I don't want to go out there. All right. What time is it? 7.30. All right. Well, let me pray real quick. Bye, Jake. Wish you were staying. Listen to the podcast. All right. <laughs> All right. Jesus, we thank you for tonight. We thank you so much for your presence. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would open up our hearts tonight. I ask that you would open up um, our ears, God, so that we could hear what you have to say to us tonight. I thank you so much for the power of your word, and I thank you that you gave it to us to, uh, to encounter you through it. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would bring us into a greater um, understanding and revelation of who Jesus is and help us to love you more. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. All right, so this week, I'm going to tell you what you are destined to do. This is going to be incredible. So have you guys ever wondered, like, you know, and prayed, God, what am I supposed to do with my life? <laughs> right? Hey, it, it is not exempt for age, because I do it too. Um, no. Um, I'm going to tell you guys, if you do this one thing, you will be successful in your life. Yeah, money Uh-huh. No, it, it, for sure. This is like a clickbait thing. Like, if you do this one thing... You will be successful and whatever. Anyway. No, but seriously, if you do this one thing, you will be successful in God's eyes. Does anybody have any idea what it might be? Chocolate and ice cream. All right. You can have the most successful job, all the money in the world, kids. I'm just going to say it. The hottest 
significant other or spouse on the planet, be respected and adored by everyone you know, go to the most prestigious college, be the best at our sport or school activity, and yet fail in God's eyes if we don't do this one thing. Everything that's counterculture to everything that you're hearing. I'll tell you. We all want to find out what we're supposed to do in life. What's my calling? Who am I supposed to marry? Where am I supposed to live? All these questions. But they kind of fail to bring you to the successful point that God wants you to be. May I submit to you that your calling is not doing something, but becoming someone. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to submit to you, meaning with an open hand, take it or leave it, that, sorry, I forgot what it was, (laughs) that your calling is not doing something, but it's becoming someone. Our purpose in this life is to love God with everything we are and be loved by him. Actually, do you guys know what the, is it the catechisms? The, oh, no, like the Nicene Creed and those kind of things. Uh, one of them. It says, to, to some degree, that God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. It has nothing to do with what we do. So I want to introduce you guys to something that probably should have been introduced to you way, way before now. And it is called the Shema. Everybody say it with me. Shema. Shema. Okay. For thousands of years, the Jews, now how many of you guys know that Christianity is part of Jewish culture, right? Yes. It's the continuation of Jews. We have prayed this prayer called the Shema every morning and evening to express their devotion to God. So every morning and every evening they are praying this certain prayer to this day. Why we Christians don't do it is beyond me. I'll be the first one to say that I don't do it every day, but I kind of want to because it's it's very, how should I say it? It gives clarity to my life. So, Zach, why don't you play that clip for me? I'm going to play a clip for you. Hey, you all know how to pray the Shema? Yes. Oh, I would love to hear it. You need us. Hear Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And it shall come to pass if you surely listen to the 
Yes. You must go. Yes. So if you guys don't know what this is, have you guys ever seen this? It's called The Chosen. There's an app. Get it. It is awesome. Get it. I'm serious. If you want to binge watch Jesus, do it. I'm not kidding. This show is probably the best cinematic ex- uh, expression, remake, whatever you want to say, of Jesus that I've seen. It's that good. So in this clip, now this, I don't know if this actually happened, but um, they're quoting the Shema to Jesus himself, who is God. <laughs> Could you imagine saying, Hail, O Israel, the Lord our God is one? Saying it to Jesus? <laughs> Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength. Love him. <laughs> and him looking at you. That's why he was getting all choked up. All right, so I want to read this to you. It says, it's in Deuteronomy 6. It says, Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Meaning there is no others. Also means that he is, um, I'm not going to get too technical. He is one. So three and one. The Lord our God is one. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. So that's in Deuteronomy 6. That's in the Old Testament. Then Jesus pops on the scene. And I'll read this to you. Matthew 22. A Pharisee is asking him this. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Now, there are 613 laws in the Old Testament. Can you keep 613? (laughs) Sorry, but I can't. (laughs) That's a lot. Jesus boils it down. And he takes it from Deuteronomy 6. He says, Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mm, Let's see. I thought I had handouts, but oh well. All right. So... It's very interesting that Jesus, the one who they're talking to, says that this is the greatest commandment in the law. Yet how many of us love God with our heart, mind, soul, and strength? We can say we try, right? But I want you guys to understand that if you get this point, and I'm not saying we're going to achieve this now, I'm not going to say we're going to be perfect at it, okay? But if we give ourselves to living out the first commandment, loving God with everything that we are, right? We will be successful in this life. Jesus isn't going to ask you how big your ministry is. He's not going to ask you how good 
your job was. He's not going to ask you how successful your business was. He's going to ask you how big was your heart toward me. That's, that's the, the meter. That's, that's the gauge. That's the, that's the plumb line. How is your heart toward me? So I want to talk about what these words actually mean. Very interesting. So love the Lord your God with all your heart. Heart in Hebrew is lev. Everybody say lev. It is the center of all of our, our existence. Everything flows out of the heart. In Hebrew, they actually didn't have a word for brain. So when they talked about heart, feelings, emotions, thinking, all that, it was in the heart. So all of the intellectual things happen in the heart. You can know things, understand things. Wisdom even flows from the heart in the book of Proverbs. You can feel pain in your heart. How many of you felt pain? Right? Experience fear or be depressed in heart. That's be, being sick in the heart. You can sense joy. To be happy in Hebrew is to actually have joy in your heart. And you can make choices based on your desires from your heart. So your heart is pretty much what we would call our soul, right? Our mind, will, and emotions. Everything kind of flows through that vein. Right? Our desires, it all flows through that. And God wants our heart. He wants our mind. He wants our will. He wants our emotions. He, he wants to be the one thing that you think about the most. Uh, one person that I listen to, his name is Corey Russell, and he says, I want God to be my number one source of entertainment. That's a high and lofty goal, right? <laughs> Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for from it flow all the issues of life. Don't just give your heart away. Okay? Guard it above all else, for from it, all, from, oh gosh, for from it flow all the issues of life. Jeremiah 17.9, it says that the heart is deceitful above all, irreversibly sick, who can know it? Now, good news, that's before you give your life to Jesus. But then after you give your life to Jesus, he gives you a brand new heart. It says in Ezekiel 36, 37, maybe 16. I don't remember. Somewhere in Ezekiel. <laughs> God promises that when Jesus comes, he will make our hearts brand new, that he will remove our heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh so that we can feel the Spirit lead us. How many of you guys would like that? Right? So that's our heart. That's, that's our internal world. Okay? Now, soul, love your God with all your heart, your soul is the word nephesh. Everybody say nephesh. I think it's interesting that they were, use that word soul there because nephesh doesn't actually mean soul at all. It actually refers to the whole human as a living, breathing organism. So your entire being, your life, 
and your body can exalt Jesus in everything you do. So literally, your your flesh. This is your nephesh. Yes. Um, Psalm 63 says, As the deer pants for the water, so my... What's that word normally? Soul. It's nephesh. <laughs> there. In the Hebrew. Pants for you. So he's talking about his physical being. My nephesh, his internal life, thirsts for the living God. So here David is saying that just like his physical thirst can affect his body, his thirst for God is affecting every ounce of his life and his physical body. How many of you guys have had thirst for God that much? That it's affecting everything. This is what he wants for us. To love God with our nephesh, our life, means to love God with your whole existence and offer all of yourself as a pleasing sacrifice to God. To offer Jesus all of your, com- your capabilities and your limitations in the effort to love him. Is this clarifying stuff? A little bit? Sorry, I'm a Bible nerd. It's all good. Okay, your strength. This one's interesting too. It's called the, the word is called miod. Everybody say miod. It actually means very or much. It doesn't mean strength at all. It's actually a word that intensifies another word. It's an adverb. So, like, I would say I'm very happy. I am miod happy. In Hebrew, pretty much. Uh, when God created the world, he said everything was good, and then on the seventh day, he said it was miod good. So it's very good. Right? So, I know this might sound weird, but you'll get it. We are to love God with all of our muchness. Does that make sense to you guys? Everything that you are and more is to love God inside you. It is loving God with everything we are, body, soul, and spirit. It means devoting every possibility, opportunity, and capacity that you have in honoring God with your life. What's interesting about this word, though, is when Jesus stepped on the scene, he clarified it. I'll read it to you. So in Deuteronomy 6, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Your mind, will, and emotions, your body, and life, and your muchness, everything included. Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So heart and soul are the same. Mind and strength go with miod. I'll get there. Strength is everything that we can do, right? It's not included in our body. I don't know if this is making sense or not. Let me just read it. He clarified this last word in the Shema as loving God with your heart. with loving God with your mind and your strength. These two have limitless ways that we can love God. That's why. Because with your money, 
because that's included in there too, wealth, mind, and strength. So you can honor God with your money. You can honor God with your mind, right? The things that you think about. You can honor God with your strength, right? That's all included in your muchness, your, your altogetherness, the, the thing that makes you you. So Jesus wants every part of us. He didn't just die to have us forgiven and then live our own lives. He wants to be our first thought in the morning. He wants to be the very thing that you go to for entertainment. He wants to be the one that you run to when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling lonely. Right? So, how can we do this? Can I muster enough strength on the inside of me to give everything that I am to God? So what do you guys think? No? So we can't fulfill this commandment on our own. Okay. You're right. Can't. But there's hope. <laughs> All right. So there's three things that we can do to love God rightly. Number one, we must give our yes to him no matter how many times we fail. How many times, you know, you're sitting at home and you're watching Netflix and you're like, oh shoot, I should be spending some time with Jesus. You don't have to live your entire life in God's presence. The way that you guys are thinking. He likes to be the God that goes with you. So you can be watching a show with God. And if there's something in that show that grieves him, shut it off. Does that make sense? If you're playing a game and something inside you starts rising up and you want to throw that controller through the TV, turn it off. It's not worth you getting angry. <laughs> right? There, there's ways to live life with God by your side. But I'll go even one step further. He lives on the inside of you. What do I keep on saying? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He walks with you wherever you go. Whether you know it and feel it or whatever. He is with you. And the more that you give him attention, the more he will talk to you and the more you will feel his presence. There's times where I'm like just watching my kids and I feel his presence with me. Not necessarily taking me up into the heavenlies and giving me like third, you know, Taking me into the third heaven and seeing visions and whatever. <laughs> All right? Huh? <laughs> Space. Anyway. Um, different teaching, different day. Um, but anyway, like, it's... What's cool about learning about Jewish culture compared to Christianity is that's where our roots were from. And the Jews worship to them was doing everything with God. So if it was grinding corn, it was grinding corn with God. If it was watching your kids, it was watching your kids with God. If it was going to school, it was going to school with God. And guess what they learned? Scripture at school. Yours is a little different. But I'm just saying, you know what I mean? So, 
give our yes to him no matter how many times we fail. Now, I will say this. The number one way that God or Jesus says to love him is to keep his commandments, right? Now, when you hear that, you probably hear duty. And I'm not talking about what you guys probably think. <laughs> you <said> duty. <laughs> I'm saying that you have to do it, right? This will flip everything. Right? John 14, 15, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. How many times have you heard your parents say, If you love me, you would do this? No? I've, I've heard it. You know? Huh? No, not from me. I never say that to my kids. I'm, I, hey, I'm serious. After I've, after I've learned this, I've learned never to do it. Right? It's like manipulation. If you love me, you would do this. Oh, if you're in a dating relationship and somebody says that to you, run. Okay? Side note. Um, but what Jesus is talking about here, he's not saying it in a dutiful manner. He's saying, if you love me, if you fall in love with me, you will have no problem keeping my commandments. Let me say that again. If you fall in love with me, if you find out who I am and how amazing I really am, you will have no problem keeping my commandments because you want to be as close to me as you can. Does that make sense? So it's not a measure of, I need to do this. It's, God, I want to please you with my life. I love you, and I want to do this. Give me the grace to do this. Give me the power and the resolve and the commitment and the discipline and whatever adjective you want to throw in to do it, because I want to please you. That's what, that's what that is. You know, do I... My wife asked me to do something. Am I going to do it begrudgingly because I don't... I don't care. No. I love her. Right? And I want her to be happy with me. Not necessarily doing something will make her happy, but I want to I want to deepen the relationship. Right? So I want to do things for her. Not only her asking me, but also me just doing things to make her happy and to make her smile and to bring joy to her life. That's my job. I'm her husband, right? So that's number one. So we must give our yes to him no matter how many times we fail. Number two, this one is huge. Rely upon Holy Spirit's strength to keep you, not your own strength. Because guys, we can't do this. No matter how resolved you can be, no matter how many how disciplined you can be, you're gonna fail. And I'm not saying sin. I'm saying something is gonna come in that is gonna try and take your view away from God. It's gonna try to take his place. And we have the choice to say yes or no. 
But guess who can give you the power to do that? Holy Spirit. And where does he live? Everybody point to your chest. Right here. I heard a preacher one time say, uh, you know, it's easy to picture God as Father up in heaven on a throne. It's easy to picture Jesus in a body like ours, you know, because he walked around like us. And he was like, why didn't you get, he was talking to God, and he was like, why didn't you give Holy Spirit a body? And he felt like God told him, because I gave him yours. Your body is his temple. He lives there. So don't, don't think that you're alone. You can draw on the Holy Spirit's strength and set. In fact, he is the comforter. He is the helper. He is the advocate who stands alongside. He's the one who gives you um, strength to love Jesus. He's actually the one who loves Jesus more than anybody. So if you need help loving Jesus, why not call on the one who can? Romans 5.5, 5, it says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So he pours out love for Jesus on the inside of you. He pours out love to love God. Pretty cool, huh? All right, number three. So number one, we must give our yes to him. Number two, rely on the Holy Spirit's strength. And then number three, of his love for you. We can say all day long, oh yeah, Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that one before. It's almost like, I don't know, to me it's like, <laughs> like it's the most amazing thing. But I'm going to read some scripture to you and I want you to see this for your own eyes. All right? John 15, 9. Let's go slow. This is Jesus talking. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. Huh? Now I got one question. How intense of a love does the Father have for the Son. Intense. Right? So let's read this again. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. That's not just saying, oh, I love you, like pizza. No, I love you with the same intensity that my Father loves me. And there is nothing in hell that could ever break that. So why do we feel like we can be broken from God's love? Now, this is interesting. He says, you must continually let my love... 
nourish your hearts. I don't understand why Anne is in there, but hey. <laughs> you must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Now, when you eat something, do you get nourished? Do you get energy? Yes. So what he's saying is, you dwelling on the way that the Father loves me, that's the same way that I love you. Now live in that love. Live in that reality. Live in the truth that you are loved by God. No matter what. No matter how many times you fail. No matter how many times you succeed. No matter how many times you throw out the gambit. You are loved by God. Zach, pull out the next one. There should be two. So that's John fifteen nine. Is there another one, Zach? No. Okay. I'll read it. John seventeen twenty six. And then we'll we'll close out to this. This is just to further the point. Jesus says I have revealed you, the Father, to them, and I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them. Say what? My love will be in them. Let me get it in another version. Sorry, guys. This one says it a little better. I have revealed them to I have revealed to them who you are, Father, and I will continue to make you even more real to them, so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them, even as I live in them, and the Spirit will live in them. So guys, when you feel like you can't love God, number one Give your yes to him. Say, God, I don't care how many times I fail at this. I don't care what comes at me. I want to give you my yes. I want to obey you. I want to love you. Holy Spirit, number two, I need your help to love you. I need your help to walk this thing out because I want to love you with my heart, my, my mind, my will and emotions, my inner life. I want to love you with uh, my soul, my nephesh, my, my, my body. I want to do things that please you. And I want to love you with everything else that's inside me. I, I want everything that I do to be one with you. And Holy Spirit, I need your help. That's number two. And number three is to live in the love that Jesus has for you. One of the ways that I found very easy to do that is to remember the cross. And I don't mean just a man hanging on a cross with nails in his hands and bleeding and blah, blah, blah. I mean, why did Jesus do that? Not just what he did, but why? 
It says, no man has greater love than this, than he that laid down his life for his friends. That was Jesus. So nobody can show you more love than he can. And he demonstrated it. He didn't just talk about his love, he demonstrated it. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Does that talk about Jesus' love? Or God's love? Guess what? God wrote that verse after he came. What do you mean, Pastor Ryan? Meaning he demonstrated his love. He stepped down, and then he wrote that verse. So he's not a God that sits on his word, like says, Oh, I love you, but I'm not going to do anything. No, he acts first, and then he tells you he loves you. So when you don't feel loved by God, or when you can't feel like you can love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, live in that reality. Take that verse home and chew on it. Seriously. I'll put it up on Instagram. I'll put it on the youth group me. We got to get that verse down. Because that verse will change your life. Yes. You should memorize it. All right? So like I said, if you do this, if you love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your strength, you will succeed in life. If you set yourself to do this, you will succeed. That's God's promise. Like I said, it doesn't matter what school you go to, it doesn't matter what girlfriend you have, what boyfriend you have, what job you may get, what car you have, none of that matters. The world puts so much stock into that kind of stuff. God has one thing and one thing only on his mind, and that's you, and he wants all of you. So our only response is to give it back to him. So, all right, let's pray real quick. Jesus, we thank you so much for tonight. We thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, we give you our yes. Jesus, even for myself, I, I give myself to you. Lord, I give my, my body, I give my mind, will, and emotions. Lord, teach me how to love you rightly. Teach us as a youth group to love you rightly. To not just say that we love you and to, to live another way, but Jesus, to fall in love with you and to, to keep what you say, to, to, to let your love nourish us, to, to dive deep into you and to, to see how much you really do love us, God, because you are endless. There's no end to your love. There's no, there's no end. God, help us to love you more. God, when everything in the world starts pulling at us and, you know, different things come at us from all uh, the TV and our phone and our friends and our games and our sports and just everything's trying to pull us away and to make us busy and to, to, to pull us away from you, Jesus, help us to re- center on this greatest commandment to love you with everything that we are and to live with you throughout life 
to know your voice, to know you. Help us, Holy Spirit. We can't do it without you. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Well, meeting adjourned. Uh, <laughs>